0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Well, glory to God. We will uh, we'll do another morning here with leadership and uh, continue on the subject of submission, but with the uh, title of Manifesting Spiritual Realities. And so, we'll continue with that. First of all, let's bow our heads in prayer. I'm going to read a couple uh, verses. This is interesting to me. Out of Deuteronomy, uh, this is Moses and a declaration he made. And I just listened to it like uh, as a leader, as somebody that ends up having to lead a team and things like this. Some of the words that he speaks here. and, And anyway, just appreciate with me what the Spirit of God did to a man thousands of years ago. And we're just going to take it as a prayer. Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak. O hear, O earth, and the words of my mouth. Let my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distill as a dew, as raindrops on the tender herb and as showers on the earth. For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice, righteousness and upright is he. Thank you, Father, for your spirit that speaks to us. Thank you that you are the one that teaches us. Thank you for the power that you have enabled and equipped us with that we might walk and change the very realities that are around us. We thank you, Father, for you have given us authority upon this earth. And Lord, we are your oracles, we are your voice. We are continuing to manifest your kingdom here and now. Father, we We thank you for your spirit and for your leading. Continue to teach us and open our hearts. May it be as that rain and as that dew that our life will continue to grow and turn into that beautiful garden into which you have planned us to be. We thank you, Lord, that we are of the vine. In Jesus' name. Amen. And so uh, a quick... Summary of some of the things I guess that we've already went down here as far as submission goes we, we, we realized that uh, like last week uh, that in that breakdown that we were if you're inclined to be contentious it can turn into a division which means, I mean, you're inclined to fight, be contentious, then you'll find people that will think like you, and after you find a bunch of people that think like you, you have a sect, a heresy, and these things, and so that all came out of Corinthians there with Paul, he was talking about it, and we realized that the only way to not get to those sects, to those divisions, was by submission. We have to not ever be inclined to be contentious. It's a personal statement, a personal choice. We learned also that, uh, let me back it up here a little bit. Uh, So we also learned that uh, the one that changes is us, always us. We submit our free will to the higher will of God. Um, We know that spiritual growth is neither a function of time or learning, but of obedience. The only way you're going to grow up is through obedience. Um, The Lord said to us, That he knows that you love him because you obey him, you know? And he only chastens or disciplines those whom he loves. So we know that we have the attention of God when we're being disciplined. Wow! He took time out to give me attention and say that way is not a way of life and life more abundantly. You're heading towards a cliff. And so we see that. And so um, we are inclined to change our ways in order to promote unity among the believers. You know, we don't eat food that's offered to idols because we know it will cause them to fall. But we know that there's no power in the idol. And if I prayed over the food, there's no power in the food. And the food was given for my body, and my body is for food. So if I just eat, we're good. But when somebody else is beside you and they go, Oh, that was offered to an idol and you could cause a brother to stumble. We now, for the sake of our brother, submit ourselves to something we, it didn't, it didn't invalidate our moral obligation, right? To not eat. Fasting, I hear, is common for some people. They call it dieting. No, um, <laughs> anyway, I don't know if they're praying when they're doing it, but whatever. Whatever. But so we see that. And so submission, your faith depends on it is what I'd started doing. I started walking down some of these points that the Lord had given me about how your faith depends on submission. And one of the things we first saw was in Genesis 1 that God submitted to his word with action. We saw those six days of creation that every time that he spoke... There was a corresponding action. He divided waters. He called names. He he created animals. He did these things. It's, but he said, you know, let there be you know, plants. Oh, then he created them. So we saw that every time that he spoke, there was a corresponding action. And he submitted himself to the word that he spoke. We also know that Jesus submitted himself to the word that. The Father spoke about how to redeem mankind. We haven't even got into all that yet. We will a little bit more today. We saw that Naaman's leprosy left him due to submission. He had many ideas of other ways to remove the leprosy from his body. There, there had to be better ideas. But once submitted to the Lord, or to the word of the Lord, he found that he had a healing Submission is not easy, was one of our points. It's not easy. And I'm going to pick up a little bit on this. We talked about the Sinopior, where the people had started um, going, the, the, the Israelites had been there. Or in the country, and they saw some women, and they're like, whoa, and the women said, hey, come to a party, and the guys were like, yeah, you know, I mean, and, and they invited them to a party, and they, at that party, they started doing things like worshiping their idols, because, you know, I mean, when we go to Super Bowl parties, we all bow before that screen. Anyway, um, you know, and things like that, uh, but, right? But, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm not, I, I don't know that the Super Bowl going to lead you to death, but, you know, it's probably killed some people. They probably sold out their finances to it. Oh, right. They gave up their lives for it. I, I remember going to a Super Bowl party one time. Somebody was so depressed, they went in their bedroom for days afterwards because their team lost. They disappeared about halftime because um, they were getting whooped. Uh, but anyway, uh, we, these things happen, you know, and so, uh, and, and so we looked at the sin of those people had come in there, and then Moses spoke to the heads, leaders of each of the tribes and talked to them and said, hey, you need to take out your brothers and your sisters and, and the people that you know that had been involved in this idol worship, and you are to kill them. And we found all of a sudden that it went from a good time with the girls. It literally says that that they went with the girls. Um, it, it went from a good time with the girls to uh, you're killing your family members. And we realized that obedience and submission to that rule is tough, and it starts to hurt. And like I said, I mean, and then I, jokingly but truthfully. Uh, then you got David and like Abraham and these guys with circumcision. That's painful too. Um, thank God we're supposed to have it done when we're young enough. Um, but David, you know, he, he decided to do it with all the men. He did the one whole town that he said, if you want to be part of us, you'll be circumcised if you're really going to become part of us. And they were laying on the hill crying for like three days and that's when everybody came in and decided that now was the time to strike. And so... It was an easier battle, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then uh, Nathan also, the prophet Nathan had to confront his friend, David. We saw that he had to submit himself to what the Lord said about, you know, David, you, what you do with Bathsheba and what you did with Uriah the Hittite, that's wrong. And he had to submit himself more to God's word and go talk to his friend, his king, and no matter what, he had to speak. And so we see that submission is not easy. Um, submission is not easy, but it is taken very seriously with God. And so I'm going to bring you now to another version of submission that is not easy. And we're going to look at a woman named Zipporah. Uh, Zipporah, her uh, father was Ruel. Um, Exodus 2, we can go to Exodus 2. Verses uh, 15, we'll start there. Uh, When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. And they came and drew water, and they filled the troughs of water for their father's flock. When the shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. When they came to Ruel, their father, he said, How is it that you've come so soon today? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds. And he also drew enough water for us and watered the flock. So he said to his daughters, And where is he? Why is it that you have left the man? Call him that we may eat bread. And verse 21 says, Then Moses was content to live with the man, and he gave Zipporah, his daughter, to Moses. So we're introduced to a woman here. And the first thing that we were introduced to, though, is up at, uh verse 16, says, Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. That's a religious man, right? Priests? We got this. So the priest of Midian had seven daughters. So here's the question, though, and if anybody wants to get ahead of it, Genesis 25, 1 and 2. Open book test, right? Tw- Genesis 25, 1 and 2 will tell me, who in the world are the Midian, Midianites? may got that one off the top of their skull? Okay, let's just read it then. It's really simple. Genesis 25, verse 1 and 2 says this, Abraham took a wife, and her name was Keturah, and she bore him Zimram, Jokshan, Midan, Midian, Mishbak, and Shua. The Midianites are Abraham's kids. The Midianites are of the wife of Keturah. Do the Midianites know anything about Abraham. Their grandfather. Yeah, oh, so this is playing very well right now. Okay. The Midianite, according, if you look it up, it'll just say it's a son of Abraham and Ketur, his descendants and the region where they settled. So Jethro... Moses' father-in-law, or Ruel, he's called both. And Zipporah are the descendants of Abraham. So now, we take this knowledge, we have to have this knowledge before we head into the next place we're going, we're going to jump into Exodus 4, and this is a a thing, the Lord just brought me into this, I didn't know all this stuff, I mean, he just starts teaching me things, and I'm like, how do you do it? But glory to God anyway. So, Exodus 4, Exodus four, we see that if you back up a little bit, which I'm not going to do that, Moses just runs into a burning bush and all this stuff. He just got commissioned by God. This is, oh man, right? You you got holy ground. You had an interaction with the Most High. You've been commissioned. They worked out the uh, uttering lip problem, and we got we got we got we got uh, Aaron now. Said if somebody else can do the speaking. Um, and we went through all these things. And so Moses has a spokesman with him. He's got a staff. He's got an anointing. He's got everything that he needs. Now let's start. So Moses is ready to go. And we're going to go to Exodus 4, verse 18. So Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father in law, and said, To him, please let me go and return to my brethren who are in Egypt and see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, go in peace. He's going to go get them. Then Moses took his wife. Oh, okay, 19. Then the Lord said to Moses in Midian, go return to Egypt for all the men who sought your life are dead. You remember that Moses had uh, killed somebody and ran. Then Moses took his wife and his son and set them on a donkey. He returned to the land of Egypt, and Moses took the rod of God in his hand. See? I mean, this guy, everything's here, right? This verse that was about to hit you, I didn't know about. Verse 21, not 21, but we're almost there. And the Lord said to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you do all these wonders before Pharaoh that I have put in your hand. But I will harden his heart, so he will not let the people go. See, it wasn't a surprise. Everybody thinks that Moses was surprised that Pharaoh was hardened. The Lord told him. This is long before he gets there. Okay. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn. Oh, I love this. My son, my firstborn. So I say to you, Let my son go, that he may serve me. Oh, glory to God. We're going to get there. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed, I will kill your son, your firstborn. When was this stated? Way before. Interesting, huh? I mean, sometimes people do not realize how good God is and how well He's already planned it out. This verse right here, this next one, is the one that's going to, this is where we're going. Oh, man. And it came to pass on the way at the encampment that the Lord met him, Moses, and sought to kill him. He was just empowered, appointed, anointed, cleared it with dad or father-in-law. Everything's there. The Lord met him and sought to kill him. Does anybody else have a question right now? Does that, does that all of a sudden make you go, hmm, yeah. Okay, well, let's look at what transpires. We got we to get into this a little bit. Verse 15, or 25 says, then Zipporah took a sharp stone, cut off the foreskin of her son, and cast it at Moses' feet and said, Surely you're a husband of blood to me. What did she do? Circumcised her son. Well, if you go back, Gershon, the first son of Moses, was circumcised. The second son, though, it didn't say when it happened. Somebody forgot their upbringing. Somebody forgot to submit themselves to the word of God that was spoken over their life. And had allowed an opening, an opportunity for death to come. Even in the middle of an anointing that's sitting there for them to do it. Even with all the tools that have come. Everything was in place for your worldwide ministry. Everything is in place for you as a leader to be successful. Is there something that we didn't do that we knew to do that wasn't new to you? I heard that for years. That's not a problem for me. It's just a little thing. It's my kid that I forgot to circumcise. It wasn't me. The word of the, God, the Lord was still strong there. Verse 26, so he let him go. He, capital H, well, it doesn't matter, but anyway, he is God. So he let him, Moses, go. The release was by the woman that decided to keep the covenant that had been in place. And she knew the covenant because she was of Abraham's seed. Moses, though raised as an Egyptian, had touched the covenant with his first son, but had forgotten with the second. And we see she saved his life that day. Physically, the Lord came to kill him. So we have to realize these things. This is important. Submission to the word of God is very serious business with God. So where do we hold our holy, just, perfect, mature, Righteous Father. We use these words all the time. But are we following all those words? Because we're called into leadership, but you can boycott everything that's coming to you because you're walking past something the Lord has already spoken to you. And so we have to search our hearts and we have to look at these things. And so we see that, uh, that obedience in a current requirement, which is what Moses was doing, does not void you of obedience from an older requirement. If the Lord asks you to do things, I mean, this is how he's been working with me in my whole life. I, I, I mean, I know my wife cringes every time I tell her that I started brushing my teeth one day, but whatever. Uh, And it took an act of God to say it, uh, you know. Anyway, uh, yeah, I remember. I I mean, you spend $10,000 on your face. All of a sudden, you find out that you should take care of it. Uh, That's what it took to get rid of some uh, some, uh, abscesses and things like that, and you get a few teeth put in. But uh, glory to God. Uh, The Lord told me to take care of it, and I started taking care of it, then we started having kids. No, I'm just joking. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) now she cringes, (laughs) but um, anyway, there's things that the Lord calls you to do, small steps. What are your steps? He tells Moses things like, take up your staff. Um, One of the greatest books, I still, I love this book, this book is very dear to me, I've said it to many people, but there's one, um, Reese Howells is the name of the book, Intercessor. It is a phenomenal book. Um, uh, Smith Wigglesworth quoted, is quoted as saying, if you read Smith Wigglesworth's autobiography, then that's how I found this, was uh, he said, somebody called him the apostle of faith, and he said, no, Reese Howells is. And I went, well, if Smith Wigglesworth called somebody else, i got to go find out who the somebody else was. And that, that testimony, uh, that autobiography changed my life. It, it, it's, a, it's phenomenal. T- small little steps that the Lord leads each person to individually. Individually, small little steps. Relationally, purposefully to each and every person. Will continue to build your relationship with God. It's not about what everybody else does, it's about what the Lord's called each one of us to do. And we continue to, well, the Lord told me that I was going to uh, spend 15 minutes in prayer every night, or something like that. And the other person's saying, well, he told me to get up early in the morning and, and spend a half an hour. Well, it doesn't matter. Obedience brings a blessing. And especially if you're willing and obedient, that's when you're going to eat the good of the Land. I mean, so we're just trying to get ourselves to a place where the Lord can prosper you in your body, in your mind, in everything he gives you. The land that you're going to is full of milk and honey. Your trees will be plenteous. Your offspring will be plenteous. Your livestock will be numerous and there will be no miscarriages. Your, your vats will overflow. Your fields will grow. Your What is he trying to do? He just said willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. He's trying to get the blessings to us because he wants you to stand out as a mile marker for him. So that you can lend to the nations. So that you can give and give and give. He wants to bless you. And so he, driving, he drives for this. And so we know that, the, that uh, we need to be submissive to the law of God. And in this case, Zipporah saves her husband's life. Um, so submission, that was it. Submission's not easy, but it's taken very seriously with God. That was my main point there. Uh, Submission is not agreement. Realize this if you are ever in agreement, you are in agreement. You're not in submission. You're not in submission if you're in agreement. You're in agreement where two or more agree. Well, that's great, you're in agreement. But you're not in submission. Submission is not agreement. Submission is that place where you find yourself with almost everything within yourself wanting to rebel against the very situation that you're at. It's The masters and the slaves that Paul talks about when you're being ill-treated. When you're being abused and you still act. Action that follows the faith that you truly believe. When you still act like a believer and you love your enemy. When they mistreat you and you pray for them. When they're abusing you and you still... Serve them. That's submission. Let's look at Luke 22. Luke 22. This is one of the ultimate acts of submission. In in the Bible. We see in Luke 22. We'll go to verse 39. If I can get there. Verse 39. Coming out he that is Jesus went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed to. Get accustomed. I love it. Where's the Lord called you to? These are those little personal moments that are going to build who you are. I like to go to the mountains. I like to go to the park. I like to sit in my closet. I like to go wherever. Where are you going to go see God? Where are you accustomed to? You don't got to do what everybody else does. What you got to do is find the time with him. He went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. I think that's a prayer that we don't pray enough. How many of you have actually been praying that you're not entering into temptation? Right? I know in my life that's a miss. I don't know. I mean, I want the way through and I want the way out. And I, I, want, I, want to, I want to pursue and I want wisdom in my direction. But what about that I would just pray that I would not enter into temptation? Lord, that the, that the desires of this fleshly nature wouldn't make me take that step. Or as the woman with the, or the man... In Proverbs, when he's walking down, he wouldn't look down that alleyway at that woman that's sitting in the light and be wooed and called into the darker areas. We don't, I, I, I mean, I'm just, so Jesus says, pray that you may not enter into, into temptation. And he was withdrawn from the amount of stones through. It depends how strong you are, just so you know. <laughs> and he knelt down and prayed. I, it's how the Lord speaks to me. I mean, I really enjoy the Bible because I enjoyed the Bible. But um, anyway. And saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Take this cup away from me. Who wants to die? He came here with a plan. This was known before the foundations of the earth. This is the purpose of redemption. But the humanity of the man that is sitting or kneeling now in the garden is going up against the deity that has called him. His flesh is screaming. He's been here for 33 years. I'm sure he's accustomed to things, sore muscles. He knows what it's like to sleep outside. He knows what it's like to sleep in, in uh, luxury. He knows whichever side, so- those things. He knows what hot is. He knows what cold is, hard and soft. He knows what is pleasant. He knows what is tough. He's been in rain. He's been in storms. He's been in these things, and he's been fatigued. So, the the physical side of him knows the climates in which he's been raised, as we all do as well. And so, we see, though, that pains. I believe that Jesus, he says he died without a broken bone, but I'm sure that he scuffed a knee, scraped a finger. He may, I mean, carpenters, you always smash a thumb somewhere along the line. He restrained himself from anger and perverse words. Um, But (laughs) he was tempted in all ways, such as we are, but without sin. so we see that Jesus is sitting here with his humanity crying out. If there's any other way, take this cup away from me. Because right now... His body isn't in agreement. And he has to put it in a place of submission. Is it going to get any easier from here? Is it going to get any better from here? So when did we submit to our bosses, our leaders, and those in authority? our presidents, we have to look at what submission is. And so we press, we'll continue. Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me, nevertheless. That's the very word I know that the Lord has burned into me. There are so many times, so many times, that when the word comes up in my heart, it's one word. Nevertheless. And I know when I run into nevertheless. Every single time. It fights your intellect. Because everybody's going to agree with you. It's as the, the, the... I just lost the gentleman's name. Uh, he was in Auschwitz, I believe, is, which was a camp. And he told his fellow uh, Jew that was there with him, um, he wanted to commit suicide. This, this guy did, and he said he was going to do it. And he said, you can do it, and no one would blame you to escape what's happened to you. The beatings, the nourishment, everything that's going on, nobody will blame you. For wanting to commit suicide and get out of this hell. But if you'll allow them to kill you, your life will speak as a testimony against them. Which one has a higher cause? Does the blood of the martyrs still speak at the, at the throne room of heaven? Do you want your voice to be forever in the heavenlies? Lay down your life. And that's what this gentleman had counseled to this other prisoner. So Jesus, nobody would have, you know, if he just got up and slipped out of the garden. Because we've all been in love with our lives. We've all not wanted to be in that position where it feels hellish, demonic, dark, depressed. Is that what Jesus was heading into? It's what he was heading into. Where it just, it's a labor to walk, to breathe, to just get up in the day and go and do it again. But we say the words, and this is, like I said, the word that always the Lord, when I find myself in those places, never the less. And I tell you what, there is so much power that is released because <laughs> then I'm not the more, I'm the less. And I know that greater is He who is in me than he who is in the world and i now have become what he has become for me and i've allowed a substitutionary work to take place and it's not by my will but by his will that i'll be able to walk into these things and i will be able to accomplish that which he has called me to do not by my works lest i boast but by the grace of god that is upon me to perform that which he has called me to do. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven and strengthening him, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then he sweat, his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he arose from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Interesting that you don't always see that they're sleeping from sorrow. We just think that they fell asleep. They had started praying. Were they not obedient to the Lord? But their flesh, their spirit was willing and their flesh was weak. They'd succumbed to sorrow. Interesting. Jesus had been strengthened by the angel. Nevertheless, if you want to step into manifesting the realities of God, those spiritual realities right now, it is when you never the nevertheless in your marriage nevertheless with your finances nevertheless with your children nevertheless in your church nevertheless in your government nevertheless Lord what you have willed and determined for me I am going to continue nevertheless until I see what you've called for and Jesus got to see the ultimate miracle. He watched the born-again experience come upon humanity. So, submission is not agreement. Just realize, it's subjecting yourself to something. Acupuncture would be a submissive thing, because who's normally going to allow a bunch of needles to be shoved into your body? I mean, right? You subject yourself to it. It's a military term. Um, I didn't even do that with uh, Moses there, but with him and Zipporah, I, I, I have to pull this verse out. Because this sits right there in the middle of that, uh, in Exodus 4 I, I'll, I'll tell you which verse it is. So, when God is speaking in Exodus 4, uh, I'll read 22 and 23. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go that he may be subject to me, a bond slave to me, a servant to me. That word serve right there, That he may serve me. That is a slave term. That is a bond slave term. That is where it comes from. Right there. The Lord said release them that they will be a bond slave to me. That's Jesus. Release them that they'll be like my son Jesus to me. That's why it's called my son. Release them. If you look the definition of that word, I, I mean, I could probably do it, but I'm not going to. If you pull that up in the Greek and see how it's translated, that is the nicest way the word can ever be translated is serve. Because every other word after that, you feel like it's a subjection, it's a bondage, it's a slavery. And God says they have to lay down their life in order that they can pick it up again. That they can be free. There has to be an exchange that has to happen. You have to submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. There has to be an exchange of masters. You can only serve but one master. For you'll hate one and love the other. So, when we're finding ourselves in this place of submission... What does that look like? How do we release ourselves through submitting to God? Um, I'm going to just touch this. I'll make a couple statements I've already said before. The level of submission you give is a level of authority that is released on your behalf. We we can get an understanding of that from Matthew 13:53 through 58, which is Jesus could do no mighty miracles in his own hometown. Because no demand for mighty miracles was made upon him. For he was only the son of Mary and Joseph. The brother of James and Joseph and Simeon and uh, Judas. They knew who he was. So there was no demand made upon him. Have we become so familiar with God that we're Nadab and Abihu and we offer profane fire before the Lord? He killed them too. Are we so common with God that we can just say, well, yeah, we, that's all the money that we got from that. We, we sold some land and we thought we'd give it all to you. And then they, you know, and you just blatantly lie to God. And then, you know, Ananias and Sapphira, oh, they died too. Obedience is very important to us. We have to submit ourselves to the Lord if we're going to live. And uh, every miracle Required submission in the Bible. That's one of the last, I want to make, a, and we'll be able to, I'm going to do this. We'll, we'll go into authority next week. Every miracle required submission. It was a participation of faith. When we say things to the lame man, pick up your mat and walk. If he never picked it up, he'd never have walked. Right? If Moses never stretched forth his staff, would the seas have ever parted? If he never struck the rock, would it have ever split water? Um, if if, uh, <clears throat> if uh, Elijah hadn't thrown the uh, stick in the water, would the axe head have ever floated? If, if uh, what else do you got? I mean, grab a miracle. If the woman never touched his robe, because she said, if I but may touch the hem of his garment, if she never touched his robe, would she have been healed? Find me a miracle that did not have an action. Go dip in the water, Naaman. And every action was easy, obvious, and provided for. I'm trying to dip into the water. That's how the man, lame man. Uh, when the, the angel comes to stir the water, I, I don't get to, I can't get there. Another one beats me in and i am not been healed. And Jesus said, pick up your mat and walk. The lame man, you know, Peter grabs him. That's an action. And pulls him to his feet. That's an action. We see that every, every single action, every miracle in the word of God, required submission to the spoken word of God with an action preceding it. There is always, so faith without works is dead. You were saved out of an act of submission. Lord, I take my free will. I submit it to you. I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You are now my father and my master. You're the only one I'm going to serve. Lord, right now, I will do as you tell me to do. Take control of my life and save me from the hell in which I was pursuing. And when we lay down our destiny that we created, and accept the destiny that He created for us, we find that that submissive act gives us a new birth. And so we'll pray. Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord, that you've been with us from the beginning. You planned us. You intentionally, purposefully created us for this time way back before the foundations of the earth. Father, we thank you that we were in your thoughts. Lord, that you've destined us, that you purposed us, that you planned us, that you've gave us full ability to walk, Lord God, submissive to you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Continue to counsel us, and Lord, continue to teach us. May your Spirit continue to bring light and revelation to us that we will understand the magnificence of your love for us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.